Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weimar of Nissen. It is always an honor and a schuss to be able to do this program. As we're sharing with everyone, tonight is the last night to sign up to the parenting workshop. Bezos Hashem Yisbarach, that's starting tomorrow. You can call right now. For those of you listening, the number is 201-691-7626. That's 201-691-7626. I want to personally thank Rav Nissen for sending it around the information, the flyer, on many of the different chats that we've got through JRoot, and I have a great schuss. I think it's an honor. And I would like to share with you, Rav Nissen, something that I found was beautiful. I actually changed the way I even promoted the workshop. Till now, I was always promoting the workshop. That is for parents just working with the children, making sure children or teenagers to do their best, get along, listen. You know, so many of us have different challenges. However, we got a message on Friday, where, or it was Matzah Shabbos, sort of, where the person says that their children had several issues, they're all in therapy, or several children were in therapy, and by her taking the workshop, she realized got an understanding, let's see, what her kids need or what therapy is doing for them. And by her taking the workshop, a tremendous amount of shifts happened. And therefore, what I was adding on, it's in therapy. Just take the workshop, get the information, and we'll see after the Shmai, you'll see nice changes and shifts. There's so much that us, the parents, have the power to take care of. Yep, the number one more time, 201-691-7626. And we go now, to... of course, let's go to Mrs. S. Of course, the number to call up to ask your question is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. And Mrs. S. Yes, hello, hello. welcome. Yes, hello. Yes, welcome Mrs. Yes. S. Um, okay, firstly, I wanted to thank you so, so much for everything that you do. Yes. Um, and then for my question. Um, my question is really about my four-year-old son, but it's not really a parenting question. I went through a very big trauma when I was pregnant with him. Um, he is a very quiet boy. Do you think that it's an effect of the trauma? I'm going to ask you a question back. Did you get over the trauma? Did you ever work on the trauma that you went through? Yes. I'm still working on it. Okay. So when you're done, we will know if your kid was affected or not. Means at any time, when any parent will share this with you, and this is the secret of the parenting workshop, that when we, I, let's talk about me, when I am stressed, I didn't sleep well, or something is going on and my kids start speaking to me and start getting me tense, I will react accordingly. It has nothing to do with trauma right now. So mm-hmm. I would tell you that way. So let me clarify. I know where you're heading. I used to do alternative therapy, and they have a huge belief in you are pregnant, or something happened to a child when they were two months old, and this and that. Yeah. I'll tell you, I have a problem with that. I believe in it on a certain level, but I believe in that. How many other traumas did your kid go through since then? I right. Again, I'm going to say something that's not that um, therapy-like. 
but I please would wish parents to get this. Almost all the parents that are worried about their kids' trauma when they were pregnant, the parent didn't get over the trauma. I'm a therapist. That's what I noticed. There's a big reason why I left and why I stopped doing alternative therapy. Not because it didn't work. I personally believe in alternative therapy. Because most of the people that were coming to me for alternative therapy did not want to work through their issues. Right. So I'm not talking about you. What I am telling you is when you are confident within yourself and you have that powerful voice, you will see that power mirrored in your children. Now, each child has got their natures, their personalities. That Hashem has given each child. Some will be quieter, but they'll be quieter from a position of strength. Every two-year-old does not want to be left alone on the basement or in a second floor. They're not afraid because they're traumatized. They're afraid because it's age-appropriate. Every three- or four-year-old doesn't want their mother to leave when they're going out, and some Mm -hmm. sneak out or some learn healthier behaviors how to do it. It's not because they were traumatized when they were pregnant. They are normal age-appropriate issues. And we look for other reasons than the simple behaviors. That's, again, the point of the parenting workshop, the shift of hundreds of parents just because the parents felt confident. How would you feel if I would tell you your kid's completely healed, all your son needs is a very confident mother? What would you feel? How would you speak to him? How would you deal with him if he's afraid? I would see past anything that I think is making him afraid. That's right, and you would say this is age-appropriate. Right. Let's push him. Let him be confident. Yeah. What do you hear in that? That's my goal. So I want you to know those are one of the big reasons why I left the alternative field. Right. I want to empower parents. I want to empower my clients because a lot of the alternative is your mother did this once when you're this and that you're old, and that's why forever you're stuck. I stop believing that. I stop believing one-time incidents affect us. I believe many instances affect us. I do believe that one-time major traumas affect us. But when we're being raised in a home where some people are very not healthy, let's take an example of a brother or a sister that's fighting every single day with your parents. And then one time your parents, let's say, yelled at you or something. I don't believe it's that one time the parents yelled at you. I believe you're being raised in a home that there's so much fighting going on that you didn't develop your confidence, so you're afraid to say something because of the tension going on. So I am, again, a believer in alternative therapy. I do not believe when they say, and I do believe there's changes when you work on it. I do believe in that, but I don't believe we're healing the person. The person's got to be able to look at their life and say, so this happened to me. Let's move beyond it, but I'm confident everything's okay. I know, I'm a therapist, right? Could you imagine how, much, how many fears I should have about my children? I see everything that go wrong if you send the kids yeah. to school. I could see everything that goes wrong if you send your kids in the street. I could see anything that goes wrong if you send your kids to school. I see everything that goes wrong if you, set, you let your kids play outside. I have to heal. And the amount of people that come into our office for different traumas that they went through, how is it that I'm allowed to let my kids just have a normal life? At least I think I do. And the answer is, things happen in life. We just have to deal with it as it comes up, feel confident and safe that the Rabbi Shalem is watching and protecting us. 
So something happened to you, you went through a trauma when you're pregnant. Many women go through that. How many times are people expecting, and also the doctors say, there's something wrong with a child and you're nervous. Every time you go through something, how many times do you have? Remember, it's nine months that a woman is expecting. Mm-hmm. How many times did it happen that a, that a woman should lose her mother and her father? So now every single woman that's expecting a lost a child, now that kid is going to be traumatized and damaged for life. We have to be realistic. If we are strong, we're confident. That's the point of the parenting workshop. Us, the parents, let's realize, recognize our power. You might have gone through a trauma. You could have even gone through a trauma five years ago, ten years ago. But if you're confident you've worked on that trauma the correct way, then you'll do better. I just had recently, I'm not going to share who, what, where, and when, but let's say within the last two months a person came to me. They've gone to three therapists, and in one session I just spoke to the person. I told them, you have every reason to be a victim, but you're staying a victim. If you come to me, we're going to do behavioral skills. You're going to have to change. Tells me, no, I can't do that. You have to give me exactly this time, session time that he wants. He wants to do it over the phone in case it's hard for him to walk. He's giving me his criteria how he's going to get better. Mm-hmm. That's not how therapy works. No. It's about having the strength and the confidence to break out of it. If you want, I can share with you difficulties that I've gone through over the last three, four weeks. Since Rosh Hashanah, Hashem has given me some pretty nice bumps. What is going to be my feeling? Reminiscent. Yes. We're hearing some music, some uh, recording in the background. I'm so okay. Yeah. Something. Okay. It's okay, Rebbe. So, what do you say to this? <laughs> you know, the, we we're speaking so much about it. You know, that's and, and with uh, you know myself uh, remember that they said a lot about you know when you don't work, you don't get nothing. Basically, you have to take yourself and be strong. And as uh, Mode has said about. The parenting uh, lesson, it's you have to be strong. You have to see that you're standing, uh, uh, basically, each kid, each child want to see his parents strong and solid because otherwise that's what is getting, basically, neutral, that this is confidence. When we are just hesitate and working, the you know, don't know what to do, the kids is basically getting uh, the reflection that, the idea that we are not, we don't know what we're doing, and he doesn't have any confidence about his parents. This yeah. is very important to see that you are really like a rock and and solid in your opinion. Even just sometimes you feel, you know, you feel a little bit weak or something like this. But at least for you, kid, you have to show it. And as Ramadan said, yeah, sometimes you need, you know, to the to to teach yourself how to do it. And That's this right, is... and I want to clarify. If you're raised now in an unhealthy environment, that will trigger you. So yes, if you're still weak and afraid because of the trauma you went through and you see your kid isn't confident, instead of saying, oh, I'm not confident, my son's not confident because I went through a trauma, I would change it. My son's not confident because I am still because I am still not over the trauma that I'm afraid to be confident, so how am I teaching it? Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So again, I don't want to disempower you. I don't want to tell no, no. you 
that your son might not have anything. I want to do the other way. I want to empower you. How confident will you feel now when you're aware that whatever your son's going through, you, the parent, have the power to heal? To me, I find that liberating. To me, I found that fantastic. Yeah. I'll, I'll share with you all one more beautiful story just for everyone to hear. This has nothing to do with my parenting workshop. We had a client that they came. They came for their own reasons, but they also shared that they had about a 10-year-old daughter that the school was saying she has all the signs of ADHD. And I even went through the diagnosis criteria with the mother because she wanted to know what it was, and the daughter really did have all the symptoms. However, the mother had a tremendous amount of stress and pain. After, and for whatever reason, until they got evaluated, you know, it takes time, you're on the list, and yeah, it came that they are. Then they wanted to get through the insurance to get to a psychiatrist. It took a while to get there. During that time, we worked with the mother for about five months. As the mother healed her traumas and her difficulties, she wasn't done in six months. The entire house was different, and this one child that was supposedly ADHD and fit on the criteria, by having the mother calm and dealing, let's say, with a child that was her trigger that made her nervous, and this child then affected all the other children, the 10-year-old daughter's diagnosis went down. The environment has a big effect. The stress, the patience that the mother had. Yes, the mother had to invest in this girl. I mean, it didn't just happen. It's not like, oh, because the mother was nervous or the kid is. The mother had to spend extra time. Part of it came up was twice a week she gave this girl a half hour, just her. She would read mm-hmm. her a story. She would take her out. She invested. After about four months, there was a month to two months where she gave this girl heavy love, attention, and peace, and the diagnosis disappeared. So, again, I am encouraging parents to realize the power that we have, and therefore I'm going to say it again. For any of you that find that your children are either being diagnosed or are in therapy, even if they're in their teenage years, take the workshop. Take it. It can help you, Mertashem, but it can help them. And they deserve it. It's not a big investment. It's $319. I know it's a lot, but it's not a lot. And the number for those that are listening who would like to sign up is 201-691-7626. 201-691-7626. Herb, so what do you say to this story? It happened pretty recently. I'll probably say it happened um, just before the summer, where a kid was originally diagnosed with ADHD, and then by the mother working on her trauma and then dealing with that kid that caused major issues at home, the whole house changed. Uh, Mordechai, you know, that's, this is exactly what you and Jared Red are doing, just to give the, the awareness about, you know, that, and you talk about, for example, that they live with people that uh, as, uh, uh, what do you call, B, BPT, you know, these people that... Yes, as, yes, yes. That this is the, this is changing. This is this is something. If you know how to see, to yeah, well, let's say that I would say a, a phrase. If you know the enemy, try to yeah. work with. You know, if you if you if you if you cannot, you know, you understand it. You know, so you don't have nothing to start with. And this That's is right. very important. You know, when when you studying what what is your enemy and you know what how to deal with this. With, if it's if it's yourself or if it's uh, uh, the spouse of the sibling, you know, 
Then you just, as your book said, mastering with relationship, that's very important, you know, it's how to, how to, to master the relationship and it can change all the house, change all the environment, change all the community. Yes. And that's not, not, not for nothing that our Chachamim said, you know, even you don't have them, just, this is like a glitch of, you know, this is the highlight of, of the idea of teaching and see the other side of, you know, the fence. Yeah. And just want to remind everyone the number to call up is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. Excellent. So thank you for your call. Does that answer your question? Uh, the, I guess the it phone does. Is, uh, get lost. Okay, yeah, I'm sending you a text messages right now. Okay, let's go ahead and see some of the text. Here we go. So the ones that we got is as follows. Thank you for taking the time to answer my question about my ill parent. You weren't sure how it made sense I got permission from my parent, but I asked them if they would mind if I asked you a question. They said it's fine. Do you think therapy would be beneficial for me? Okay, let's go ahead and first share with everyone what happened around this. And this is, a, again, another important awareness. Uh, we had a teenage girl send me a message today, because I do daily, I send, I read a daily question and answer that someone asks. So this girl says as follows, and we daven her mother, Shavar, or father, Shavar, who doesn't have her foolish Shalema. She basically says that she has a parent that is, um, that is ill, and that's part of the issue. But the real issue that triggers her or that she concerns about that gets her anxious and even depressed is that she doesn't know what's going on. There is no talking. And when you don't know what's going on for teenagers and for children, it's a greater fear of not knowing than knowing. And those sometimes when people wait for diagnosis a week or two, yes. That is more fearful than even Chassashom getting the terrible pseudo. Because on one hand, you're davening and you're hoping. On the other hand, the unknown is very scary. And once there's a, whatever it should be, what are the solutions? How can we work on it? We start thinking in different terms. So for us to recognize this importance of being open with our children, maybe we don't have to give them all the information. It's not always good for them to hear too many Negative stuff, they have to make sure it's age-appropriate, but to say things are getting better, things are not going that well, there's a reason why we're going back, we're hoping, we're davening something. It's important for them to know something that is happening. And so now she's asking, do I need therapy? I don't want to go into the concept of if you need therapy or not. I would take the question differently. I would be open with your parents and tell your parents, that being there's an illness going on, our family, we're not talking. I have fears. I'm starting to get depressed when I come home. I'm avoiding the house. Is there a way that we can talk about it and work it out? Or maybe there's someone that I can get a little help and talk to someone. But I would be open about the subject. What do you say, Mrs. Bliss? You know, I just... <laughs> well... <laughs> I'm really so sorry. again, this is a girl that her yes. mother or father. No, no, yeah, yes, yes, yes. No, I'm, I'm in. I'm just, just uh, to to clear my. Head. Uh, I definitely, I would, uh, as a parent, I, I would, 
said that it's very important to share information with the kids. And because when, when, you, when everything is shush, you know, si silence, and uh, the kids get as different, in, uh, you know, imagination and can create it, you know, maybe it's something small, maybe it's something big, but you have to give the kid some kind of, I would say, confidence, something that, you know, and, you know, lead, uh, pray for Abba, pray for Ima, you know, uh, you know, we have problem, you know, the, it's something that you don't hang the kid on the air because the kids have a lot, a lot of imagination and can just and create it so confusing and something that's worrying, you know, ba basically it's the kids getting to a, a traumatic event, you know, don't know what to do. This is to, nobody likes to be in a place that he doesn't, don't know nothing about, you know. This is, to, we, we want to know something, so give at least kind of information to the to the to the child and uh i hope they listen to us because it's very very important to, to uh, for you know this and uh, first of all i want to say call a cover to this girl that really uh asking the uh, writing the text yeah and this is beautiful because you know you see our children so smart and so un understanding and intelligent that they want to, to know and the dear parents you know don't be afraid be you know straight with you know you have standard you have age appropriate but things that don't put your children and 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 you know they have enough stress release a little bit stress you know and um be i'm going to read Ravnis, just what you're saying how someone just sent a message so this is someone that i know and unfortunately they were just diagnosed with a a serious diagnosis. They're all saying it should be a small, but at the end it was it was pretty big, and I daven for this person. So this person just sent us a message listening to our program. It goes, yes, uh, two exclamation marks. Waiting for a diagnosis is scary and ominous, exclamation mark. The minute I got the diagnosis, along with the shock and fear and whatnot, came a tremendous sigh of relief. Means there's surgeries, there's so many things going on for this person, Nabuch. And I doubt their Shalom should send you a foolish lame, but Sveik Shachili Yisrael. But what I am saying is exactly what she has or he has validated. And this is the not knowing is so scary. The unknown is very, very important. No, uh, you know, you, I know that we have a lot of texts right now, but we have another phone calls here. Good, let's go ahead and take and the call. we go first of all to Mr. S. Mr. So S. So welcome, Mr. S. Hi, how are you? Baruch Hashem, fantastic. Okay, my question is as follows. A lot of times when I take upon myself something, like any project, business, or learning, when is it... Uh, when, let me finish the question. A lot of times I tell myself, no, this is not for me. I really can't. Let me not start. I will fail. When is this no? When I tell myself, no, I can't. When is it a lack of self-confidence? When is it really I, I talk I can't? Wow. That's, I think, a very deep question. But if you'd like the simple answer... The most simple in, possible. The most simple possible is in your heart, you know when you're not doing it because you're lazy or when you just feel it's time, it's enough. Means I know if I've got to do something, am I avoiding it 
because I'm just lazy or because it's really, really that hard? Um, it's not the situation all the time. Sometimes I really don't know. I'll give you a small example. Sure. Let's say somebody wants to start learning Dafayoimi. Yeah. And he says, I'm going to learn now every single day a full, a full block. Yeah. Or maybe I can't. Or my self-confidence. That Excellent. Lack of self-confidence. If you That's look at it I'm that way, that. most people won't do anything. If you go, if you're looking at it, what I'm going to do for the rest of my life and every day. What you look at is, could I do it today? Do I have time to learn one hour or to commit to a share or to get any doubt a share in which you could listen to today? Am I driving an hour every day that I could say I could listen to a share for 45 minutes? That's the question. Not every day. Not forever. Does it look fit at, in uh, my schedule? Day. Today. 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 That's the way. I'll tell you, I always share this story. Nine years ago when my father was nifter, I was doing a lot in the therapy. There was a lot going on. And I was thinking, how am I going to daven for the Yamid every single day? And many people can't. Means they'll make it to a minion. Sometimes you're in Kehillus, where there's only enough for one Baltfila. And someone's translation, there, there are halachas who gets Kadima. And I said, but I, I really wanted to do it. But I was felt extremely overwhelmed to make the guarantee for an entire year, three times a day to daven for the Ahmed. How will that happen? And it was interesting that I was using the simple techniques that I just shared with you. And this is what they use in the 12 steps. It's called one day at a time, one minute at a time sometimes. They even say one second at a time. That means you want to fall. You want to do whatever it is. You just do this one second. So the question when someone is overwhelmed, the question is very simple. Can I do it now? Could I just do it this one time? So I can tell you not only did I, Baruch Hashem, make the tefillahs, every single tefillah for 11 months, that I daven for the Ahmed, I even on Hanukkah, some do daven, some don't daven, I said, let me do it. Because I want to have extra credit, I might miss it later on. So at least to ease some of my guilt, I know I got a little extra credit. <laughs> so it's one tefillah at a time. This is this is a, in the case that you could take it one day by day. Davening for the omit, you could say, you know, I'm davening today. But let's nah, say, no, I feel stop like... doing that. Stop minimizing. Don't make my stress. You're minimizing my stress. I could do the same to yours. But I mean, there's different scenarios. Let's say if I feel like I'm good in a, in a certain line, in a certain business, should I yeah. open this business? Well, there are steps. Now you're going again, all black and white. Do it, yes or no. You see how great that problem is? <gasps> Am I going to open up this whole business? What happens if you just do an hour a day? I have a very good friend of mine that was extremely successful with a certain business online that he did. And everyone's talking about what mazel he has. And I love breaking these stories where people just go, people had mazel and they're successful. I know that this guy actually worked originally in a grocery. And after working full time, he started selling the stuff online for about two years. As the business got busier... You, for anyone that knows what it means to manage a grocery, it means you're there already at 6 o'clock for deliveries, 5.30, 6 o'clock deliveries. And if you miss the deliveries, many times they could stuff in some of the not-such-good qualities. So if you want to make sure things are straight and things are worked out, you're going to do that. 
And then the employees coming and going and everything that happens. The grocery is full-time that you don't have a day, you don't have a night. Again, those that are running it well. Of course, you can manage it. We're just going into the smaller groceries. So this guy, as he's selling online, after he finished his entire day's work, he would now start spending at first. It was just 20 minutes, and then it was longer. And then by the time when he had to make a choice to leave, and now the question was, if he leaves managing the grocery, which he got his groceries for free, and sometimes if there are things that were just going to get spoiled, he had got to take that home so he had other family. The point is, it was a big deal for him to quit the job managing the grocery and to do now what he wanted to do full-time, but he wouldn't make as much as in the grocery. And what happens if he loses out? What happens if it's not successful? But he took the risk. But when people say they took the risk, they don't realize it took two years, of, especially the last year, of taking up his sleep, doing things at his break, trying to fulfill the orders, trying to deal with customer service. So why guy, is it all or is, nothing? If, if you would look at just today, mm-hmm. he could, uh, and if, if he wouldn't be succeed, if he wouldn't succeed in his new business, he would have no money. Well, he actually didn't succeed at the end. He, he was very successful So he went back to whatever else he started again at the beginning. Uh-huh. That's that's all Hashem does. Just to clarify, so any any situation that that my feelings tell me no, maybe this is not for me. Let me look at today and do what I have to do today. That's right. And how could I still say bring Panosa today and start getting into that line? I have someone that was telling me, I think I want to go into therapy. So before you're going to invest about $60,000 in college, two years of your life, volunteer. So many organizations would have people volunteer. Volunteer in one of, these, in the, in one of the places. They have big brother, big sister programs. Volunteer. Find out the Kihilu who's someone you can speak to, learn with. Try it. Don't jump into something. Okay. Thank you very much. What do you hear from this? What well, was your sound... question and what's your answer? You're asking me? Yeah. Um, it sounds, the way you put it down, pretty good. Doesn't hurt to try. That's right. We're just trying. That's all that we are doing. Just trying. But... There's an intention. It makes sense why you should be Matzliach. But you're not giving, you're not just giving it up. You're not just saying goodbye. I'm dropping everything slowly. And don't look at it that it has to happen in, in two weeks. Could you allow yourself to make the couple of million dollars after three years? <laughs> Most people have to make it right away or it's a failure. That is in business for three years. Yeah, and Schwitz, and Schwitz, put in the word Schwitz. I know, I know people are going to tell me Hishtadlas and Amuna Betachen, but I'm going to be a little direct, which all the farms say, the level of Amuna that we have, that's the level, or Betachen, that's the level Hashem is going to send it. Unfortunately, my level of Amuna Betachen is I work a lot. I, don't, I know Hashem could send it much easier. I know one or two people that have a powerful level of Muna Betachen. I'm amazed how Hashem sends them exactly what they need, even their extras. But they would live on that. 
means when there is no money in the account, they will still go to the grocery. They're confident from when they go to their house to when they get to the grocery, they'll have it. I don't have that. I don't, Mer Hashem, I daven for that, and I'm working on that, but I don't have that level. Looking at looking at day by day, it does have one one issue to it that we, when I would be when I take it upon myself and I tell myself, okay, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life, I'm definitely going to be more committed to it than looking at day by day. Ah, now again, we're talking about balance. Reminiscent, <laughs> go ahead. Explain what, I, what, what's going on. Let me ask you, when you fast, when you fast in a fasting day, how you take it? Very hard. Very hard. You know why? Because you look. I know what you're gonna tell me why. Because you look on the end and look in the hours. You know, oh, we have a 24 hours. We have another 23 and 59 seconds, and we have 24, uh, 20, 23 and 58. This is not the way. If you want to go the way, go look the, uh, the opposite. There go the opposite. You know, there I would say example. that you know, you just say that right now, I can. It's already we're doing it. And this is the way of looking, you know, this this something that will be easy for, for you or for all of us, you know. That when you're looking for the so-called long distance, and uh, it sounds so, the light is so far away in the end of the tunnel. You don't even see the, the end of the tunnel. But take, take the candle and look the light of the candle and continue, the flashlight. This is something that, yeah, it's not easy. Especially when you you learn, you know, all that all your life, just your future and the future. And, you know, I just tell you, I, I had a very uh, conversation with, with one of my friends today. And I know that they're talking about, oh, saving for, for the daughter wedding. Okay. And how old is the daughter? 11 years old. <laughs> I said, what, what, what's wrong with you guys? I don't say that you don't have to do Ishtadlut and this. But this is all your budget is running about your daughter wedding. And that she she will get married soon and 19 years old, you know, as, as you wanted. But I know people that saved for, for their daughter and the daughter right now is 25 and 26 and 29 years old. And they're not married and they have a bank account money. This is something that you, you, you have to understand. It's nothing that your plan is, it's a joke. I'm sorry to tell you. Is it want to no, do? I understand. You, very, very good example. So you say you, you don't have to look at the future. You have to look at the present moment. No, I said. That's right. There is the balance. That's it's what you're balance. saying. In order to fast, you have to take the cup all in advance. You're fasting today. But now, how are you going to remain committed? Are you going to look? Oh, there's ten hours left. Now nine and a half hours. And then nine right. hours and twenty-six minutes. And nine hours and twenty-four minutes. Right. So again, it's the balance. We need the goal. We need to dream. You need Kabbalah. You can't have like the people like they say sometimes, Dati Balev. You know, I'm religious in my heart. There is a concept of people they are where they're at. But if you're Shema Torah Mitzvah, you're from, you got to commit. We're going to struggle with each and our, our weaknesses, but we're committed to the whole deal. There's a great story, Rebness, that I like to share. It's one of those stories that always stayed 
in my mind, where someone went to Lubavitcher Rebbe, and they asked him, why do I have to be religious? Why can't I just do the mitzvahs that I want? So Lubavitcher Rebbe asked him, what team are you a fan of? He says, I'm a Yankee fan. She said, have you gone to a game recently? She says, yes, I was at the game. And he said, what was the score? He says, one time they won. He says, great. Any other game? He says, yeah, there was another game they lost. She said, and it was a bad one? Yeah. She said, tell me, when did you leave? Like, what was going on? I says, yeah, once it was like the seventh or the eighth inning, and they were like down by a huge amount of points, I left. She said, you know something? That makes sense. Did the team also leave? <laughs> so he said, no, they have to stay. He said, why? He says, because they're the players. So he said, in life, they are the spectators and they are the players. Which are you going to be? The players are committed till the end. Great story. And it's a pretty famous story. I've heard of different versions, but it's all the same. So you got to commit. But some games you're going to lose badly. But if there's another game two days down the road. Stay focused today. Be on it today, but also have the big picture. As you said, it's a balance. You need both. Yeah, That's definitely. right. It's no question you need both, but you know, just... You don't just look at the, at the target, and the arrow is, is already out. That's right. So in every Kabbalah, then anybody takes upon themselves. Yeah. Bingo. That's it. So one difference you see between, let's say, the spectators, those that look, and the players, is that even, let's try this way, the successful people that Hashem says do, does things even when they're not successful. That means sometimes you'll learn and you'll fall asleep at the Gemara and you didn't learn that much. But if you're sitting every night with the Gemara, you're going to cover ground and if you don't open it up, only when you're in the mood. <laughs> and I'm talking to myself in certain places where I need right now that little bit of chizik. That's how it goes. Some, want, some are better, some are worse. You've got to stay in the game. And we all make mistakes. Let's put it like yeah. this. <laughs> That's it. We all make okay. mistakes. So Thank many... you very much for your time. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, Mordechai. Yes. We go to a, a boy, 13 years old, and with a parent's permission. Excellent. Let's go. Welcome. Hello? Yes. Yes, hello. Yeah, hi. Um... I'm in eighth grade, and I'm applying for yeshivas now, and I definitely don't want to go out of town, and there's not a lot of yeshivas in my community. And there's basically one yeshiva that everyone in my class is applying to, but most of them have brothers, and they're probably basically in, and they're only taking a certain amount. And I'm probably for sure not going to get in, and I just keep on getting worried, and I can't focus on, like, doing well in class, and I just keep on nervous, even though I know, like, Whatever happens is going to happen, but it's just hard, and I'm just very nervous. Yes. So let me go ahead and share with you a story that we had years ago, a question and answer, with a girl called up over here, the JRoot program, about a year ago. And this girl gave me a question as follows. She was not doing very well. The school didn't like her that much. The friends were picking on her. But now that's coming to high school, like she had to start applying, she was in eighth grade, she was starting to get rejections. Like she was getting the message like, oh, we're not going to give a good report or you're not really going to do well. We'll stay exactly where you're holding. 
And uh, my response to her was, you've got two options. You can either be the victim, everyone is fighting with you, things aren't working out, you're not going to get in, or you have an opportunity to go to the teachers and say, you know something, I am taking ownership over my part. Because she feels, remember, she felt that the, that the teachers were wrong and the school was wrong and the school wasn't right. I told you, you might be right that they have, that they're doing some things wrong because they're humans. But focus on your part. Can you tell the teacher, I, and let's see the principal, because they have to go to both things, I want to do well. I want to get into a good school. I am willing to show you I will do my best. Can we start all over? And they said, absolutely. And this girl called up a year ago that she was at that time now in 11th grade. So this, she must be in 12th grade now, saying that she got into the school that she wanted. She was very highly successful. Now, I would ask the same of you. We don't know if you're going to get into the school or not. But one thing I can guarantee you, if you believe the limitation that other boys have got their brothers, which is true, maybe your family doesn't have this pull or that pull, but if you think with that attitude, Lefidar Hateva is guaranteed you're not going to succeed. I could tell you you're not going to get in Lefidar Hateva with that attitude. But what would happen if you're going to say, I need to work double hard than others? But if I put that in, they're going to recognize me and see me. If Hashem wants the best for me, then I'll go there. First, let's put your hishtadlis. How would you deal with it if you know now is not the time to do less? Now's the time to put in more. Mm. What would change? Um, I wouldn't be as nervous. Mm-hmm. What will you do? Will you learn more? Would you prepare more? What are you going to do if you know now is a chance to fight? Yeah, probably start focusing more, learning more. Yeah. Now, notice how your voice, again, I'm, you're very brave. You're 13. And I know you're on air, so it's a little, let's say, you're fearful. But I want to hear your voice saying, I listen to my voice, listen to our business voice. We're going to push. We're going to do our best. I want yeah. to hear that in your voice. What are you going to do when you hang up right now? What are you going to do? Will you go to the Bismarck and now take out a safer? Even if no one will see you, will you hazard today's cheer, today's learning? Yeah, I will do my best. Excellent. Now notice your tone. Yeah, I will do my best. I want to hear who's going to win this color war. I want that energy. I will do my best. That's right. And let me tell me, what are you going to do tomorrow in Shear? Are I'm you going to raise your hand no matter what? Get involved in Shear. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Say it. I was... I'm going to try as hard as I can to focus. Yeah. And maybe you could even ask your parents, could they afford, could they get you a Chavrusa to learn with? After yeshiva, could you maybe take one of the Bachram and learn with them? Can you ask the Rebbe to learn with you? Put your energy into it. And also, let me just say, because, uh, you know, I have a little bit of experience with these uh, schools. Uh, first of all, when you go to interview, you have to be very, very decisive. Indecisive. You have to say, I want to be in this school because... I want to learn in this school. I want to learn about this from these rabbis. 
And second, you get, you know, you, you said your friend that their brothers are in the yeshiva, this yeshiva. Ask them what they're learning, how they're learning, what kind of, you know, this stuff that prepare yourself to this, uh, you know, interview. And the your parents also, you know, when they go interview and stuff, as you apply, you have to, and don't be disappointed because when, well, sometimes, you know, unfortunately, many, many institutes, running with a political correction you know you have some i know that, that it's, it's tough it's not easy uh but you do your shtadlut you're doing your, your confidence that you want to be in this institute you want to be in this place and work on this and also your parents don't be discouraged but if it's not it means that you are it's very it's good for you that just basically send you to a, a better way but this is something that i i would i learned from my children because you know i i took all all my children to yeshivot and this is not it's not easy it's not simple and remote i also can tell you about all this kind of uh, interview and stuff like this yes so let me share with you a concept i understand that when you're let's say in different communities or smaller communities, there's one, let's say, yeshiva, and people are coming, and you might not get into high school, and you want to be around your family. I understand that a million percent. And I understand that if there are choices that you don't want to choose, like go out of town that you don't want to, that also makes sense. But I still want to now help you give a different shift that sometimes we do in therapy, which is let's say you will have to go to out-of-town yeshiva. There are some out-of-town yeshivas where you come home once a month. There's some out-of-town yeshivas that you come home every Shabbos. There might be an out-of-town yeshiva that you have an aunt there, or an aunt or uncle, or grandparents. So you could actually go to them for suppers. I know a very, I know someone, a good friend of my son, which goes to an out-of-town yeshiva, but his grandparents are right there, and he goes every night for supper there. And he loves it so much more than in the house. He says, I got my grandparents with me, they take wherever I want to go, he's got that one-on-one time. It's adorable. So let's recognize sometimes there are hard choices that we have to make, but when we can look at our options and make the choice that's best for us, we might even be sometimes more successful than we realize. I'm not saying it's easy, but before you're at that level, this option is fight, put your effort in, and even if you're not successful, but you'll learn this lesson, I've got to start fighting in advance and try it even before that. Okay. What do you what do you hear in the answer? By the way, you're here you're okay. It's stronger now. What are you hearing from minor reminiscence response? That even if I don't get it, that I should stop worrying about not getting in. I should just try hard and focus on um trying hard and even if I don't get in, it will still be okay going out of town. There's still stuff how I could like not That's right. Home that much. That's right. I want to put it more. Let's say you find out two months from now that you didn't get into the into you're you're not staying in town. You might go out of town. The secret of the successful people are you're still going to learn every night or whatever nights you're putting in extra effort. You're still going to put your head into it. You won't say, "Oh, the year is over." I know many times when people, especially once they're applying for a job and they're in college, the minute they know they got the job, they don't put it the same effort anymore. I know especially in law schools that happens. Where you get your internship the first year is usually where you'll do the second year, and then you know that by the third year you got your job. 
and or sometimes it's the second year. The first year is one, but if you get a good internship, the first year either they'll fight for the second year. But that second year internship, that's many times of the year in the top law schools will you go, and you're fighting literally your internship to get to the best place. And I know many people that after they get their good internship, their grades drop, and you still keep your job. You really do, because they're not going to drop you for that. Here's the big buck. The guys that didn't get the job, the intern that they wanted, but they're fighting, they're pushing, that these guys will go further in life, much further, because they learned we've got to push. You don't just stop. So you have the making of a winner right now. What are you hearing? That, um, even if I don't get in, I shouldn't just, like, give up because my year's not over. I could still try hard and learn, like, learn for the moment, not just uh, get into yeshiva. That's right. And even if you get into a yeshiva, whatever the yeshiva is, this is very important. This, what I mean is this is very important for the rest of your life. Someone just sent me two messages for you. One all the way from Canada. He will go so very far, Bezat Hashem. Another one says, oh, this man just started. Let him enjoy this year first. I really get the person, but in the Adetown Yeshivas, so let's take it Lakewood and in Brooklyn, they're much later applying. But in Adetown areas, you know right away what's going on. All right, so now you give me chizuk. What are you walking out of this? That I should still try harder and learn, and if I get in, okay. And if not, there's so many options. It'll be great for me to learn. Yeah. Well. Convince me. What would I'm going to ask you the similar question on my level. So I am trying to do certain awareness out there. I'm trying to, how do I do this? All right, I'm trying to write, I'm in the middle of working now my third book, but there are a couple of projects going on all at once. And they're not working out. You know, let me give you, let's scratch that. Let's try a fourth one. I was given the opportunity that this Wednesday for me to speak together with Rav Shalom Arush from the Garden of Amuni. He's going to be in Woodmere. And for whatever reason, it didn't work out. Me getting in touch with them, following, confirming. And then I was called from Varetsky, which is the yeshiva, that they want me to speak for the parents Wednesday evening, which is in two nights. And I'm trying to get through to find out are we finalizing? Do they want me at the end at Rabbi Arush or not? And I couldn't get through. So I said, I committed and I agreed to Varetsky to speak. About two hours after I said yes, and or I should say the next day, because it was really at night when I did, and they already sent out the advertisement that I'm going to speak like to the yeshiva, I get a message back from, from the Rabbi Arush's team. I don't get, why aren't we connecting? Are you coming? We want you to come. Now, this is an opportunity that I look forward to. I learn a lot of his farm. It's, it's wonderful. And here I have the opportunity to speak to him. What do you say I should do? I'll tell you what I did after. Um, um, maybe you should apologize. Um, I'm not really sure. 
I committed to something, I could back out. It's only the next day. No, I don't think you should back out. You're right, I didn't. But here was an opportunity of someone that I respect, and I could even have the opportunity to speak with him. Well, the opportunity to speak with him, you could probably speak with him a different opportunity. That's right, you know. Two years or whatever. But will I now be down and say, forget it, I lost an opportunity, that's it. I'll think about how I missed this opportunity. The opportunity is lost. No, you go, you move on, and you think, okay, whatever was done was for the best, and there could always be another time, but for now, I should just continue. That's right, and isn't it even an opportunity to look at it that they considered me? Yeah. I consider Abayarush on such a, such a greater level than I am. Oh, wow. That's a schuss. Professor, what do you say to this story? First of all, I want to say that the, the, the boy, that uh, he can uh, join the, the, the team of uh, therapists. Yeah, you can join our team. <laughs> yeah, he can, he can join us. And especially for the uh, previous caller, you know, just, uh, just says opportunity. Uh, and I said that, uh, first of all, it's, uh, it's, it's Rabbi Rush, it was in station where I met him a few times. It's uh, a great man. Uh, to talk with and uh, to make laugh, you know, especially to laugh with him. Uh, the next time, it's uh, I believe it's not with me. It will be in Lakewood, and you will join them. Yeah, or wherever exactly. Yeah. So the chizuk that you're giving me, how can you take that for yourself? That I should, if I miss the opportunity, if I'm not able to get into the yeshiva. I should move on with life. It's not the end of life. I should try to apply to other out-of-town yeshivas, maybe near someone I know, and move on and learn and work hard. That's right. And you go grow up. I tell you, uh, I, for my for my children, I know that my son had uh, uh, he applied to yeshiva out of town, and. In the beginning, it was like, you know, very, uh, I called my friend and in th that I knew somebody over there and they invited him for Shabbat over there and it, it was beautiful and they become like a, a family member for all the, and you know, knew uh, another kids from all over and I think in the two weeks from now, I have a guest from England that my children knew, uh, knew him. And he come, he will come to sleep in my house, a boy at their age, and they will join him. My my twin boys will join them together, and they will get a, a free Shabbat from the yeshiva. And that's how it's working, you know. Not always you stay in the same local, you know, community. Could be very, very good for you. All right, beautiful. And you see how when we make different choices, like Ramissan's son, others helped him, and now when they're coming here, they're, he's helping them. There is life after that one choice that we see. Thank you. You're welcome. And I know that I'm sure that you will do better, uh, excellent in this uh, Ferrer and uh, getting accepted to the school. If they don't accept you, that means they're losing. That's right. They're losing, not you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And You're uh, welcome. Uh, some texts? Yes, sure. 
Okay, so let's go ahead and see some of these messages. Hi, Mordechai. Please reply to this one on the radio show. Thanks. I'm a teenage girl. I feel like... Yeah, okay. I know. I, I'll, yeah, I'll do. sure. I feel like my life... I'm just toning down a lot of her words. Like, there's yeah, yeah. a lot going in my life. I have some difficulties at home and traumas. My parents are fighting a lot. There isn't a single day that passes that there's peace in my house. I cry a lot. Sometimes I feel like doing bad stuff, and I was afraid, and I was afraid to, and I can't open up to my mother or father, so please just help me with something, a tip or something. I can't continue. Things are very hard like this, 100%. You're a normal human being. I would feel exactly the way you feel with what's going on. So my question is, can you open up to a teacher? I know it's hard, but is there one teacher that you can open up to? Please, please, please. The same, is there a principal that you can open up to? Is there a grandparent that you can open to? Is there a aunt or uncle that you can open up to? You cannot do this alone. It's impossible. The teenagers are brilliant. They're resilient. It means you can go through so much more than us adults could. The teenagers are like not sleeping and energizing and playing and sports and coming and friends. At like when it hits 11, 12 o'clock, I already want to get to bed. And like teenagers get that extra second when they're going strong and powerful. You have that power. The one point that teenagers are lacking is the ability that adults know that we reach out for help. We have a legal issue, we call up a lawyer. We have a financial issue, we call up an accountant. We have a halacha question, we call up a rub. We have a hashkafa, Shiloh. We have specific rabbanim that have great hashkafa. And teenagers don't know that yet. Teenagers are at that stage where I could only open up maybe to my friends. It's like they still have some of that kid's mind, like parents are bad or parents are going to tell you no if you ask. And most of the time, seven, eight, nine-year-old kids ask unrealistic ex- uh, questions, let's say, like at bedtime, could we go now to great adventures? Like, it just doesn't make sense. Or when it's time to study, I don't want to study and I'll get 100 on the test. No, it's like parents have to do that. But once you're a teenager, you start thinking like adults. You need to do the adult step. An adult in your situation would be reaching out to help, would be reaching out to a therapist, would be reaching out to Rabbanim, would be reaching out to friends, would be reaching out to Askanim that know what to do. So since you're a teenager, I am now treating you like an adult. Teenagers would say, but it's so hard. I can't. That is what kids say. Adult teenagers say, it's hard, but of course I can do it. Just like we had that 13-year-old. He called in saying, I won't get the yeshiva that I want. It doesn't look like it. So how can I push? But what was his response after when he's thinking like an adult teenager? I will push. I will learn. I will do good. And whatever choice Hashem send my way, I will make it a success. That's an adult. So I understand and I've left things out from your message because I don't feel it's appropriate to read. But yes, you need to get help. You need to reach out. Rav what do you say to this? Uh, I would say that, uh, yes, uh, to add, uh, you know, maybe I've done a school, some kind of, uh, you know, social services or something. Yes. Uh, uh, to, to may, maybe the, 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 the local rabbi, maybe something, rabbits, I don't know if it's a girl or it's a boy. I, it's a, uh, it's, right. I don't know if it's a boy or it's a girl, but, you know, if it's a boy, go to the rabbi or something. If it's a rabbit, try to find somebody that you can trust. You know, unfortunately, right now, when it seems like the position of this text 
It's like it cannot trust nobody, you know. And it's it's you have to find somebody that you can talk with, uh, and take out from your art, and they will definitely try to help you and take you to to the right places. Uh, it's very important, very important to to find the, the right uh, you know track to to find because you, you cannot stand like this. You cannot stay this position it's 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 a uh, formula for disaster yes thank you yeah that's why i wanted to to read this text because it's really thank important. you it's important yeah. it's very important to us okay we'll go to uh mrs uh, mrs r hello mrs r one second i don't know what happened to the phone okay now we're going yeah Mrs. R. Hello. Yes, hello. Yeah, hi. How are you? Baruch Hashem. Yeah, okay. Um, being that you're talking about your parenting um, classes, um, this is a question in general regarding any parenting classes. Is there benefit in taking parenting classes when you real, when you feel like you need you have some areas in which you have to work on yourself first? So I'll tell you, here example, is where it becomes that. difficult like for me to um, answer. Let's um, understand why. Like a little bit of anxiety or something like that. Uh. Right. So let me ask you, how many times do people say, I will get help, but they're not getting help? So um, le let okay, me clarify. Just because a parent has anxiety, that can be part of it. Part of their anxiety is they don't know the skills on how to put a kid to sleep. They don't know the skills how to get their teenagers to listen. They're used to either screaming or they shut down. And they need skills. I had, I had one of the therapists just ask me today, saying, why don't you do your workshop um, instead of doing eight evenings of, let's say, an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and a half, do, do four evenings and try to get it down to two hours. I told the therapist, you don't realize my hour, 15 minutes, an hour and a half is about three hours of information. I condense that. Each day, each person gets about 25, an average of 25 uh, PowerPoint pages. That's how much information. Most workshops, they give you a concept validating, and then five pages about how to validate. By me, every page is another concept. You're getting 25 pages of concepts each workshop and then how to integrate them. So let me tell you, yes, in the past I used to tell parents, if you're struggling with your anxiety, don't take the workshop because you might not be able to utilize it. Now what I'm saying is for $319, you can invest and you might get just 10 points that those steps will help you be stronger, take care of your children, and that might even help that your anxiety will go down. So it's, again, I'm not minimizing the price of 200 of $319. I'm not minimizing that. What I am maximizing is the benefit that you get is on a very high level. Okay, I want to add one more one more detail that might change Please. the answer a little bit. Um, I'm thinking about trying more than one different parenting, um, whatever, parenting system classes in the past and not carrying through. So I'm not sure if it's to just not being committed enough or because I... Let me shift the question on to you. But, and I'm going to, forgive me for being so blunt. 
Oh, yeah, I'm going to try to do actually a lot gentler. Let's be a lot gentler. You're focusing on the parenting workshop. Did you actually get yourself into therapy? Um, no. Then take a workshop. Because what I tell people is you don't have the option, you don't have the ability to not do something. So I will give you two options. Sign up to my workshop or sign up to a therapist. Which do you pick? Even if you don't do it, it costs you. Start giving yourself commitments. Uh, my job is I've got to take care of my kids. Either taking care, of, taking care of the kids by taking a workshop that I might only use some of it. Remember, we also have a recording. You have three months to hear the recording after the last workshop, so it's going for two months. You've got five months for that. How do you feel now when you got to do it? Um, at first I thought maybe it's like, um, sort of like a week at a time, but I see that there's definitely something to it. Say that again? At first I thought that it might be a waste of time to work on the parenting when you need it to work It might be. Yourself, I'm hoping you'll say, you know what, if it's a waste of time, I'm going to call up right first thing in the morning a therapist. I'll go one-on-one. <laughs> I need to say, like, um, not a waste of time, but sort of if the, if the, under, you know, the purpose of the working on the parenting does not, is not, let's say, what it should be, then anything, improvement will not come through. So now how would you feel if I was your therapist? This is what I would tell you. You would need to sign up to every parenting workshop that comes along until you make a choice, either the parenting workshop will work or you'll go to one-on-one. Not making a choice, not changing, is not excusable, is not acceptable. Right, no, I, my question is um, more like, let's say I want to sign up to a parenting course now, and I haven't worked on myself yet. That's what I mean. Not that I I'm giving you that same option, but again, how many times are you going to use this for an excuse that you're not going to improve your parenting skills or you're not going to improve your marriage skills? Remember, I'm not saying you have a problem. I'm talking about improving. Mm-hmm. And, and you, because I will. Um, what depends when you My point okay. is you need to know you've got two options. Okay. We need to grow. Are you going to go through a parenting workshop and maybe you won't listen to it? Then it'll be a waste of $319. But then what you're going to say is, you're going to say, but if that's the case, I might as well go to therapy and get the benefit. If I'm spending the money anyhow, I might as well do it in a healthy way. Mordechai, we lost. Okay, one second. Let me just, uh, I think that she's calling back one second, okay? Yes, sure. Hello? Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry, we lost you, uh, Ramodechai? Yes, yes. Yeah, hello? Yes. So how would you feel if you know you're moving? Either you're spending the money on a workshop that you might get some benefit, you might get 20% benefit, you might get 50% benefit. Um... If you would have asked me this question, it all depends when this question is coming, because if you would have asked me a while ago, I probably would have said that I pushed off improving in different areas because... Um, 
know, actually, I, I probably didn't even realize that I need to change myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's why whatever project I took upon myself, let's say parenting or whatever area it was in, might not have been um, carried through. But mm-hmm. it's thanks to you a lot, actually, that I see that I do need to change. And that's, that's why that's why the pendulum is asking me that question. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, um, I'm not pushing anything off because I'm trying to deny my changes that I want to make. I am going to change it. What are you going to do? As of, like, when we hang up the phone? Yeah. So, I guess um, we have to say that um, realizing that you need change is step one, right? Yeah. Not even acknowledging it is, is like, zero, negative. <laughs> right. So, um, one, thing at a, one step at a time. That's right. So now, what is the step that you're going to commit to over the next week to do? Um, I'll have to digest our conversation and take it from there. Yes. Yes. I'll tell I'll you again, I changed it since. For years, I've told people, if you have anxiety, don't take the workshop because it might not help you that much. You won't get the full benefit. Now I changed it. I've gotten from several people, but I read that one message, that getting the information calmed them, gave, gave them the strength, and several children in therapy were able to get out of it, or their therapy speed was able to tremendously improve because the parent has that strength. So, yes, if you're asking me, if you do not have signed up a therapist already, or where are you going to go, or you don't know what you're going to do, now, I'll tell you, yes, sign up. Yes. You don't mean necessarily therapy. You mean, like, in whatever... Whatever it is that you need. You need to work on anxiety or whatever whatever issue you have that's holding you back. Either you're going to start speaking to someone. could be a Rub, Rebitson, life coach, therapist whoever it is, aunt, uncle, grandparent, or sign up to my workshop. Those are your two options right now. Okay. Yeah. Now, here's the next part. Since the workshop's starting tomorrow, we've filled up on a tremendous, um, on a tremendous number. I hope we will have enough for everyone or whoever doesn't sign up. You know, at least we gave it a shot. So, like, if you're interested, sign up right now. But for your sake, you only have, like, 24 hours to make a decision, less than that. Because at this time tomorrow, I'm already in the workshop. It's closed. Mm-hmm. So okay. you've now got to make I, a real question on that first. I would definitely consider, but my question was more general in regards to parenting and um, parenting yes. and the Yes, but I, I'm taking your general and making it a groundedness, a grounded decision. The more we talk in general, we sometimes ease our guilt by talking about it. Don't talk about it. Either you do it or you don't. That's behavior. Mm -hmm. Behavior is unforgiving. You made it or you didn't. And we need to have the emotions to reassurance and the chizik, but we also need behavior. There are times we've got to say, I got a speeding ticket. I better start slowing down. Not the cop wasn't flexible. Other cops let me go when they caught me going at 80 
or or 79. We know nine above the speed limit, you don't get tickets. We know 10 and above, it's a depending. So are you going to be blaming the cop for giving you a ticket at 79? Or will you say, I know I should not be speeding more than 74? Behavior, and that's part of the parenting workshop, do it. Stop talking. Stop excusing. Okay. And you're saying that it's, that it's um, to, to a certain extent, you can implement whatever it is, even if you're not yet at the place that you want to be. Yeah. Yes, again, depending on the person, but absolutely. Yes. I guess we'll finish off with this. The number to call to sign up to the parenting workshop is 201-691-7626, 201-691-7626. And Haram Nissen, thank you, and all the callers, thank you.